like a raving lunatic that has nothing to lose because you don't. And when you realize that, that's when you make the decision that you're going to play your best. Because if you don't, you don't have it tomorrow. You don't get another 48 minutes. That's what we're here All right, everybody, welcome back to the Sideline Trap Podcast, episode 15. Coach, what's happening? Not much, man. Fresh off the Halloween, so I'm fat on candy. Did you go trick-or-treating? <laughs> I did dress up, but we did not trick or treat. Okay, okay. We didn't do it. We didn't do anything. We had some some candy outside in a bowl, and it was gone in like 20 minutes. Somebody cleaned us out. I don't know if there Dude, was many kids or, or one child that took all of it all my candy was gone too except for it was all the candy in the house (laughs) (laughs) i made sure to take trust me man i checked i had some quality control i made sure i made sure that none of the candy had razor blades in it wait hold Um, on what's your go-to uh milky way oh okay yeah oh yeah i'm more of a reese's man but i can respect the milky way also very good it's timing's top five (laughs) (laughs) It's top five. Um, all right. Interesting episode lined up um, today. We're going to talk about um, some of the things that we prepare for uh, and or kind of know that we're getting when we play each other's teams. So uh, division coaches, listen up. This is for you. <laughs> <laughs> As if they don't already have the scouting reports. Right. You could just look. I mean, shoot. You just watch one game of my team and you'd have exactly everything we do. So Right. <laughs> well um yeah do you uh, how, you want to kick I, us off i would like to yeah yeah yeah. okay um so a couple of the things that i generally know i'm gonna i'm gonna see when we play you okay i know i know that it's gonna be man-to-man defense start to finish <laughs> for the most part you're gonna pick us up in the half court i know the tempo is not gonna be super fast generally speaking it's gonna be walked up you're very methodical in the offense. Um, f- for us, things we try to key in on are sk- skipping the ball and reversing it quickly um, to try because to try to get your because you guys help so well. We figure the faster we can get the ball to the other side, that's going to do us good. Uh, pick and roll defense for us is key because you guys do run a lot of pick and rolls. We would prefer to play, you know, generally speaking, I, w- I want the pace to be up. But against you guys, I definitely want it to be up because it's what you don't want to do. So if if it sorry, if uh, at any point we can get the the pace up, we feel like that's in our benefit. Um, we uh, we know we have to be prepared for after timeouts and start of quarters, anything where the ball is out on the side out under <clears throat> we have to be prepared uh you guys have a lot of nice side outs that you know we go over and film and generally speaking are uh are prepared for i know there's always a wrinkle but 
as we, as we all do, we do the best we can. And you guys, the way we see you is you generally work from the outside in, meaning uh, as long as I, as far as that back as I can, you haven't had like a, a low post threat, like a back to the basket kid. Not that many of us do. Um, and getting dribble penetration, not including the pick and roll doesn't seem to be, uh, you guys like to like to st- catch and shoot the ball. If there's a window to catch and shoot the ball, that's going to happen. Now, a couple of players aside, generally speaking, you guys like to work from the outside in. So that's been a, that's been a key for us. And we have to run you off the three point line. Um, and again, generally speaking, besides a couple of players, most of the time, it's not just off the three-point line, but anytime there's even a one-dribble pull-up opportunity, the, um, most of the time it's it's catch and shoot. Or I, I know that's actually not true. That is beyond the beyond running guys off the line. The scouting report really after that is really takes hold because some of your kids like to take like to take it all the way to the rim. You've had a couple that are really great at one dribble pull-ups. Um, so I guess it's more scouting report beyond that, but we're trying to run everybody off the line. Um, that's generally kind of the overview that we try to take and and prepare for. Is there anything there that you would say that you maybe disagree with and how we view you? Um, no, I think that's, I think that's pretty good. The only thing, um, the only thing I'm kind of surprised at, I expected more, um, I expected more focus on the, on the ball screen, uh, defense. Right. That's kind of been our Achilles heel over the past four years. Right. If you, like, I mean, I'm not, there's no secret. I mean, you, if you get one film on our team, you know that we run the five out, you know, Euro ball screen motion. And the key to that has been changing sides of the floor. So if you stop us from changing sides of the floor, you're going to be successful. So I'm kind of surprised that there's not more focus on the ball screen defense. And to be honest, the reason I think, um, that we've been able to run it so much is because it's really, really difficult for high school teams to guard a screen and roll. I don't think a lot of people spend time. I know I don't spend a whole ton of time on it um, defensively. Um, so I don't think a lot of coaches do, but um, no, I mean, you're, you're kind of right. Like we've, we've, we want to slow it down. We want to control the tempo in that manner. Um, I mean, you know, we've spoken before that I focus on getting easy buckets on baseline out of bounds, sideline out of bounds, um, ATOs and things like that, as opposed to trying to run and get, uh, and get easy buckets. Um, let me ask you this question. How much, and especially last year, how much did you talk about or, or how much of a threat, I guess, was our, our rebounding? Cause I thought we rebounded the ball pretty well last year. <clears throat> The one point that I didn't bring up that I was going to bring up when you were finished was, well, actually two. One was that you guys rebounded the ball really, really well. 
So it was important for us to take quality shots. And that obviously doesn't always happen or didn't for us, but it was important for us to try to take quality shots in, in the half court. Um, mainly because there's a great chance that they're going to defensive rebound the ball. And then another point that I forgot to mention is when we, anytime we were attacking the rim, it was important for us to, you know, the week leading up to playing you guys that we drilled skill finishing because your kids were, are in good positioning. They're, they're tough. And last year you were big too. So it was important that we didn't, get in there and run people over and throw up bad shots off the glass. It was important that we took a couple, couple days and worked on skill finishing around the, around the rim to try to avoid people and, and make sure we had good balance and things like that. The rebounding for you guys was, was huge last year. You know, if you miss if, as an opponent, if you missed a shot against you, it was very likely that was the end of the possession. More often than not, you were long, you were athletic and you were tough. Yeah, that I mean that helped out, and like you said, we we overhelp um, a lot, <laughs> a real lot. Um, but in doing that, because we were long and we were athletic last year, we were able to challenge shots, and I also think we were able to deter some drives. To be honest, um, and people would just kind of know that that skip is there and either make that skip, and then we can run them off the three point line. Um, on the backside, you're also super correct in that we want open threes. I mean, that's. Oh yeah. <laughs> I looked at I looked at the numbers at one point, and I don't I don't remember what they exactly were, but we shot. If you added up all of our opponents' three point attempts, um, our three point attempts was about it was three times that amount. Um, I think we only took. I think it was seventy eight or 76 or 78 mid-range jump shots the entire year. Um, so if you run us off the three-point line, we were either trying to find that next kick or we were taking it all the way to the rim. We, we were very rarely were going to shoot that mid-range. And that was by design, I assume. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's, a, that's a byproduct of space in the floor the way we did, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, at most, you're going to have one, you know, one guy um, near the, the mid-post, low-post, but the other four guys are spread, so and it 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 opens up the floor a lot down there, and it makes the defense cover larger areas. So it, it by design leads to you know wide open threes or lightly contested threes. A couple of years ago, you, you one of your better players was excellent at one dribble pull ups, so he was really tough. He was a really tough guard for us because <clears throat> you could run him off the line you could contest a one dribble pull up from from behind and he was still good enough to to get a, you know lean it and excellent at that one dribble pull up. he was a really tough guard for us because he was kind of the anomaly um kind of the anomaly from within your team but also not really because the offense ran through him so there was a lot of that stuff yeah he was just a flat out scorer i mean he was he was we talked about it last week right i mean he's the guy that had the leeway and was able to to take some of the shots that I don't typically want in my offense, but um, he was able to make them at a high clip as opposed to, you know, usually the law of averages tells you a one dribble pull up's not a, a great shot. You'd rather take, you know, a step back, not a step back shot, but you'd rather take a step further away from the hoop and get an extra point for it. <laughs> You're right. 
Um, One thing but, that we also we also noticed in pick and roll defense early in the year, and it changed as the season went on. That we noticed early in the year, if we went under every every pick and roll, we just allowed some space. Teammate underneath. If we did that, it was very low percentage that that the ball handler was going to pull up behind that screen very low percentage and as the season went on it seemed that maybe that changed a little bit maybe maybe the kids were understanding that that was a that was maybe being how they were being defended or whatever but start of the year we we decided we were going to go under screens on you because we noticed that there was no off the bounce shots behind that screen yeah i've heard that from multiple coaches last year that was it was it was um make us put the ball on the floor um we always, like I said, we wanted catch and shoot threes. So if you went under, we typically weren't going to shoot that three behind it. So how we how we kind of combated that last year was we just we ended up reversing it quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, we wouldn't even sometimes we wouldn't even use the screen. We would just reverse it right away, um, and then kind of get you scrambling on the weak side. Um, towards the end of the year, we did get a little bit more aggressive with that shot. If they went under, depending on who it was, you know that's that's as good of a shot as you're going to get. Um, anywhere else. So, mm-hmm. um, it was time to, you know, it was time to start, to start taking that shot. How, how worried were you about the role guy? Cause that's, to me, that was, that's an area that like we set a lot of ball screens and we don't hit the role a lot. We weren't very worried, worried about him. To be honest, <clears throat> it wasn't like a serious point of contention. We obviously we went over how to, how to defend it, but it wasn't like a, uh, we didn't have any disagreement on how to defend the the roller, right? At, within staff, but it's really hard for that guard coming off to make those passes, mm-hmm. like a pocket pass to the roll guy. That's a really, it's a really, really hard pass to make. It is. Um, and we didn't, we didn't hit the roll. We didn't hit the roll. Though the the guard coming off the screen didn't hit the roll guy much. We got him on reversal. Yeah, um, quite a bit there, but it was never the guard coming off, which annoys me. <laughs> for as many as for as many as we were on. When you do you drill uh, the kickback to the the kickback and then the reentry to the post on the uh, to the roller? Uh, yes, yeah, that's part of that's part of the offense. Yeah, um, we drill. I drill. It's not like I don't drill those passes too. Like I drill the 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 three types of passes that I think we can make coming off of those roll coming off the the ball screen, mm-hmm. and we drill the different scenarios whether it's a, a two man game on the you know, on the strong side or, you know, making the reversal, getting downhill, pulling up for a jump shot. We drill all that stuff. We just, it very rarely presents itself an opportunity in the game. And like you said, we don't, we didn't post, we didn't post guys much. We started too late in the year um, with one of my forwards who really started coming on uh, around league play. Uh, we started to post him a lot more, um, but it wasn't much in the offense because it, it gets really, it gets really stagnant. Um yeah the weak side tends to stand around because they're not really sure what to do. And that's, I, that's a downside, I guess, of, of, of our offense being that it's a continuity motion is um, our guys don't really know, like they know how to play, but they don't like, we went two man game on, on the strong side. Um, our guys would probably stand and watch as opposed to, you know, make, make, I mean, they would make a right cut, but more often than not, they're going to stand and watch what that guy does in the post. 
Well, that's that's one of my um, that's one of my concerns this year. Last year we had a we had a big who was pretty good, and we kept him. We pulled him on the perimeter quite a bit, but we tried to keep him around the basket from you know seventy five percent of the time. We'll say, um, and so we did a lot of four out one in stuff, and this year. I don't have that. We're going to try to do a lot more five out stuff and, but I'm not going to shy away from kids posting, but that's one of my concerns is when they do post how the rhythm of the, the motion is broken. You know, that's, that's a, definitely a concern because then you do get, you get the two man game. He's posted, you watch, everybody watches it and they, the movement is stagnant then. Yeah. And you don't like to see that. Well, so one of the things, and it's, it's, um, I don't know if we ran it against you. Um, probably not. You guys, you guys don't, you didn't play a whole lot of man last year. Um, but so every year, like we've, we've run the same offense every year, right? And every year it's, it's a, you know, it's a, a ticking time bomb to when teams want to start doubling the ball screen or taking the reversal away or wh- however they want to defend it, right? But we know it's coming. So I always want a secondary offense different than the ball screen motion. In past years, it's been the flex, um, just something to keep continuity. You get multiple actions out of it um, and things like that. Um, and we, in that, that's where we started to post guys. So instead of, instead of getting posts up, post ups, out of uh, our, our our ball screen continuity, we would get post-ups out of the flex or um, last year we started running the uh, swing offense from Bo Ryan. Um, and that that led to um, a lot of mismatches because we were big and we were pretty long. Um, and, and drilling that offense, guys started to kind of recognize – angles post passing angles as opposed to just trying to fire the ball in the post and end up being a turnover they started to kind of realize where the defender is if he's fronting you know we can get a reverse seal as if you reverse it to the top or the opposite wing so um so that's kind of how we we on the flip side of that coin tried to get some post ups as opposed to getting it out of uh our ball screen continuity and we had some we had a couple sets in order to get a touch um inside and they were relatively successful i found that's that's a difficult thing to teach um well to for uh willing passers to learn is that if the pick and roll if there's no action if there's no score available off the roll the pitch back or catch it on the on the other side because maybe you can't hit him, but he's still got great position to move the ball to somebody else. That's been a difficult thing to get the kids to like really buy into because they want to make the play. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they're they're like he, I I got to get the ball in here. It's a screen and roll, and you see so many screen and rolls on every level of basketball, especially the televised ones. There's a screen and roll on every possession at the at the next two levels. <laughs> um, so it, I I found that that's like a difficult thing for them to buy. Yeah, we hammer that. Um, we hammer the um, their options coming off of that home. So it's you know our, our guys know that you're coming off a screen. Your first option is you. You know, can you get to the rim? Right. Obviously, second option is the roller. 
your third option is to get it the hell out of your hands. Right. Right. And let something develop on the weak side. Um, and I think, I think, um, I think for the most part, our guys have given up on the, on the role faster than maybe they should have because we're, we want to get to that, get to the reversal and, and, and make sure we swap sides of the floor. Um, so I think guys give up on the role a little bit um, and we've certainly passed up mid range shots. Um, but again, that's, that's by design because if I'm coming off and, and I, as a ball handler can get into the lane, that means that you've had to help from the weak side, which means that kick's going to be there. Right. And if it's not, then we just keep moving it. But um, yeah, we, we drill home, we drill home those options. And I think it's led to guys just like, okay, I came off. I don't have a, you know, I can't get to the rim. I'm going to get it out of my hands. And then we're going to, we're going to continue. <clears throat> the offense that we run, it's the read and react offense. So it's a circular motion and very rarely are, is the cutter catching the basketball and doing anything with it. Actually, I tell my kids, if he doesn't have the ability to, to score, score or make an easy pass to a score, don't even pass the ball. In if he is open, quote, open to catch the ball, you're not passing him the ball inside the three-point line. Let that cutter get through because it's the fill man that's generally open. And one of the ways that we want we like to attack you on the skip is when the cutter goes, the second man fills that position. Well, so let's assume ball's at the top of the key, pass goes to the left. I pass the ball, I cut through. The man who from the right was supposed to fill my position, if the man who catches the ball reattacks the middle of the floor, that's where your help is at. And if we can keep that shooter wide instead of have him fill, that's been a pitch out. That's been a pitch out opportunity for us too, because we're always supposed to fill and, and cut there. But if we are able to stay wide and, and reattack the same spot, which generally speaking isn't necessarily something that you're looking to do, reattack right back where the ball came from. It's, I don't know if that's great habit, but um, against you, we we actually try to do it some because if we can keep that shooter wide, that's a good shot for us. So that's so that brings me to one of the points that we always try to have hammered into our scouting part for you guys is control penetration. Um, and meaning we want to if the ball's at the top, obviously we don't want we don't want to get beat in any direction. But within our defense, like if that ball gets to a side, we don't want you to be able to to attack the middle of the floor again because that pitch is going to be there. So right. one of the big things for us was to control the penetration, not to mention like last year you said you had, you know, you had a big guy and you played it. You did a lot of four out one in stuff um, or three out two in, but you know, he was, he was, he was usually typically inside. So if, if he got past us, you know, obviously or then our second line of help has to go in and it's a dump off um, right. control. So yeah, controlling penetration against you guys um, was one of the, was one of the main points, especially um at least the past two years from your point guard yeah. um, was he was, we felt that he, he created everything for you guys. Um, and it was, it, it wasn't, it's kind of different than had, well, I guess maybe the past three years or so it's been like that for you guys, your point guard creates a lot, at least in my view, um, that he kind of created everything for you. He was, he was what kind of made you guys go. Um, but yeah, control, controlling penetration, um, what was was uh enormous for you guys and then 
making sure that we didn't let your point guard get downhill, especially in transition. Against a, against a lot of teams, we like to press the ball up to the corner and if we if we can get the ball reversed and attack that baseline. But against you guys, it's very difficult because your help is so aggressive that a lot of the time that baseline's not a good attack and you don't leave great outlets for us off that baseline attack, especially last year with your length. <clears throat> so against you, we altered that a little bit. We didn't want to attack the baseline. We wanted to hit you hit you in the middle. And so we we wanted you to go baseline. <laughs> right. We we want we wanted to get into the middle and, and make kicks. See, dude, you outsmarted me again. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't, I don't think that was we, it. We, we, just, we just figured when we tried to attack, we just did not have good results against you attacking baseline. It was, seemed like we just never came out with a positive result anytime we attacked the baseline, especially well, the last year with your length. It was tough. It's I mean, we overhelp. So if you attack out of control, if you attack baseline out of control, one and a half to two dribbles in, you're, you're cooked. You're done. There's right. nowhere for you to get shoot. Well, ideally there's nowhere for you to go. Right. And then you got to try to skip it out or, um, you know, whatever it is, but, but yeah, I mean, we, we've, <laughs> we forced baseline. So yeah. <laughs> it makes sense that you wouldn't like, you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to take that. Um, but it's, it's, um, I'm surprised you didn't beat us to the middle more because it's not like we gap help either. Yeah, I don't. I don't have the answer for that. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure. <laughs> the uh, so yeah, one of the so another thing that we always had uh, for you guys was we know that you're going to mix up defenses a lot. Yeah, um, we're going to see all types of zone. We might see some junk, um, which I say some choice words to myself every time you decide to go into a junk defense. Anybody really, but especially yeah. you. Um, <laughs> um, but we know, but it's hard and it's hard for us to prepare for that because, um, we don't play zone. So it's hard for us in practice to go against a, a zone that's really of any value. Right. Um, so it's mostly broken down in, in, in film stuff, but, um, <clears throat> when you're typically, you typically, when you're, you like to play, uh, uh, so you like to play the odd front zones, but if from us, one of the big things that we wanted to say was you have to be sure of your passes because you guys get a lot of hands in passing lanes. I think you get more hands in passing lanes and more deflections out of your zone than you do your man-to-man. Yeah. So when you guys went zone, it was it was big for us to be sure of where we're going with the ball and to really execute um, and make sure that we had some kind of mismatch on the weak side. Um, we, we decided to go with a lot of zones because Coach Jinks is terrible at coaching um, all defenses, so that's like a solid <laughs> fallback, right? Just play zone. <laughs> Sit in the zone, see what happens. Man, man's man, man's easy, man. You just hey, guard that guy. Don't let that guy score. <laughs> <laughs> you might see a change from us this year, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. If I don't, hopefully, I won't see any more junk defenses, man. They annoy me. <laughs> it is. I will say there. this: it is nice to have a, 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 to have an array of defenses. I, I like to have an array of defenses for that reason because it is you don't really know what you what you might get. You might get it for you might get a one two two for a large portion of the game, or you might, might get a two three or a one three one. Like you might get one of those for a large, large chunk of the game, and it takes time to prepare for those things. 
It's hard too. I mean, last year we were we were in, in good shape because we were we had a lot of seniors, so those guys had a little bit more experience in recognizing defenses, right? Um, but when we saw those when those guys were younger, um, it, it's really hard for them to recognize it on the fly, right? So now they're looking at me to try to tell them what defense they're seeing, um, and guys on the bench are like, "No, it's a two-three zone." It's like. No, it's not. <laughs> you, know, that, you know, whatever the case is, but um, yeah, we kind of got we got a little bit, um, we got a little bit lucky last year being having seniors and stuff like that, and those guys being able to to see those kind of defenses. Um, obviously, you got we, you guys want to play fast. I mean, we knew that we knew going in that we had to control the tempo um, for us to be successful. We had to get back on defense. Um, um. You know, and and I think you guys you guys thrive when you guys get going, um, and you score a couple easy buckets in a row in transition. You guys really start to work and thrive a little bit, and I think it gets your defense going a little bit more. Um, so Can I say this on that note? Yeah. So a couple a couple of years ago, I don't. We played you in the districts, and you you guys beat us in that game. Um. In that game, we we doubled your ball screens, okay, and you beat us with the roller. We didn't do a great job of help, helping the roller. Had you guys got us with the kickbacks on the roller, but in that game, we in maybe the third or fourth, I think it was the third quarter, we had a couple of those easy easy layups from our defense where we we went out and got four, six, eight points, like in pretty rapid succession. During that game, I knew, even though we had just got some freebies, I knew we were in for it because we would get that freebie and then come down, and you guys would methodically run your offense, not not rattled at all, and either get a good look or get a score. And I was like, man, we had one possession. A kid tipped the ball out, went down and slammed it, and I thought, oh, this would be, this might be an emotional. Tide turner, right? Because it's great for us. I know we thrive off that. You guys responded so well. I knew we were in trouble. Yeah, and that's really hard to do. Like yes. it's it's really hard, especially especially when a kid like around here when a kid dunks on you, it's typically a momentum swing, a big momentum swing. Right. Um, and it's really hard for teams to to get past that, get the ball back in bounds, and go down and and continue to play the game that we want to play. Yeah, and you guys um, did a great job of that, and you usually do. It's really hard. I remember calling timeout. Um, I think there was like four, something left on the clock in the third quarter. You guys were up 13. Um, and it was – I remember telling the guys, like, it's it's do or die time. Either they're going to blow it open and we're going to walk home with a 20-point loss or you're going to make it a game. But um, it's and really hard to do. You guys were senior late in that year too. Like, yeah. it was – it was it was really it's you know it's really hard it was a battle that was a great game <laughs> it was a good game that thing you hit on where we thrive off of a couple of those easy ones i thought in that time at that point of that game i thought it was going to be over for you because of that because i've you know i've been with that group that class for a long time and that's exactly how they lived and it just was not what boy was i in for a rude awakening well, I'll, I'll say this too. When that, I, I know what you're talking about, and I think it was about the time that you guys were up by 13, um, and it went against everything, every fiber of my being. Um, 
I switched to zone. I played zone for the rest of the game. Oh, I don't remember that. I played zone for the rest of the game. There you go. Yeah. I I, <laughs> I remember um, Coach Sloat was sitting across the across the court, and I, I coached. Um, I coached one game as a head coach at Penn State Scranton. Uh, coach Sloat had a, a conflict; he couldn't make it, so I, so I I was there. And, um, we were just getting just killed in man to man, getting killed in man to man, killed in man to man. And I hung on, and I hung on. I switched the zone way too late. I switched the zone at like three and a half minutes on the clock, and we ended up fighting back a little bit. And and I I. I see. I saw him across court. I'm just like, I got to switch to zone. And it was funny. I was talking to him after the game, and he's like, I was sitting there, and his he had his son next to him. And I was sitting there. And he's like, Yeah, Blue Ridge. He's like, You guys were getting killed. He's like, Gibbs, switch to zone, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, I, yeah, if you go back, I don't know if you have the film of that game. If you I go do. back and watch it, I played zone for the better part of the second half, and. It, again, it goes against every 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 fiber of my being, but I had to because you guys were just absolutely killing our man to man. Actually, it was one play. The your best player started to get started to get groove and started to get some easy buckets. So against our man to man defense, so I knew I had to do something to try to slow him down. Well, it certainly worked out for you because I, I thought we had that thing in the bag after with that momentum really ramping up. But well, and it was important. It was I, we had to slow the game down. More importantly, right. 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 I mean, there's the, there's your, there's your tempo thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other, um, from an offensive standpoint for us, when we go against you guys defensively, when you play man to man, and we did this a lot last year, um, and we've done it in previous years, we want to try to isolate your poorest defender and just go one-on-one. Yep. And we, we want to either draw quick fouls, or try to get some, you know, some easy buckets or create some, create some mismatches. Um, but when you guys try to man us, and we had more sets um, to take advantage of this this past year than we did two years ago. But um, we want to put you, well, who we think your poorest defenders are or your weakest defenders into into isolation situations and see if they can really defend people. Yeah, well, that was super apparent. Um, this past year because we had one one defender who you guys went at over and over and over and to the point where it was like can't we can't go back to man we just can't do it because it was like he was drawing help and picking picking up fouls and it was just brutal 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 and that for the listeners is coach gibbons very gentle way of saying you need to step up the way you coach defense <laughs> dude i remember that uh I re- we had a blackout game this last year where the lights went out i don't with third quarter or yep. something it was a it was a good game well it wasn't a good game it was a close game it was a close game the lights went out they didn't come back on we had to finish the game the following day and the the following day it was not it was not pretty but i believe it was that game where <clears throat> um it was after I think it was after a timeout or something. You guys came out and sp- very specifically spread the floor and isolated the. I think you actually overloaded the floor and isolated yes. this dude, and it was over and over, wash, rinse, repeat. That's a that's a set that we did. We we did, don't take offense. We did it to everybody. Um, I'm not taking offense. 
<laughs> we, I know, we I ran, know what I am. We ran that. We ran that specific set um, for the better part of the the league season. Once we figured out that you know we typically had mismatches at those positions, right? Um, and we did it to everybody. We had success with it throughout um, the entire year. But I want to go back to the blackout game, right? It's such a weird mm-hmm. set of circumstances. So Super. the power goes out with like what five minutes left in the third quarter or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, I want to talk about how you prepared for the next day. Like, how did you approach it? How, what did you do with your guys? Cause it was a Friday night and then into a Saturday, right? Or I think, yeah, I think it was right. Yes. So we had the following day, we had them come in and had a shoot around if I'm not mistaken, which we don't typically do. Okay. I believe. Boy, my memory's not served me well here, but I believe we had we had them come in for a little bit for a shoot around to try to they're high school kids. So to try to rein their focus back in on we have another game, you know, a shorter one, but we have another game here. And we touched on on all the the previous day's points and some of the things that you guys had changed during the game. We touched on all of our coaching points. That's pretty much what we did. It wasn't anything extravagant or too out of the ordinary beyond the fact that we had them come in earlier. Did you, um, psychologically, how did you approach it with those guys? Like the scores, like, it's just like, you know what I mean? It was a, it was a close, it was a close game. So psychologically to me that it's a, it's a fresh, it's a fresh game to me. It's a fresh game. It's a short game, but it's a fresh game. So we approached it as if we had just played you in a separate game recently, and now we're playing another game today against the same opponent. So the game plan is very similar. Here are all the points. Um, So it was pretty, it was pretty similar to the day before, I suppose, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much what it was. It was probably more or less a repeat of the day prior. It was, um, Obviously, it's such a weird set of circumstances, right? And and as coaches, you try to take the temperature of your team throughout this entire process of, you know, the, when the lights go out, now we're waiting around. Um, now the game has been canceled. Now we're in the locker room getting ready. Don't know what time the game is the next day, blah, blah, blah. So throughout this, you're trying to take temperatures of your team, right, to see where their mental state is. And I remember we were chatting at like half court, right? Wondering what the heck's going on, you and I and mm-hmm. coaches, whatever, referees. And I I remember looking back at my bench, and you're I, I, I remember this specifically. And I'm not I'm not I'm not saying this to be rude in any manner at all. Right. It, you don't have to preface to say it. <laughs> I, I remember <laughs> I remember your your bench, like trying to fire up your crowd, and you guys were at home, which so that's understandable and things like that. And I remember seeing your bench was, was lively and talking and you guys were lively and talking on the bench. And I remember trying to take the temperature of my team at this point. So I looked back at my team, nobody was talking. Eyes were straight ahead, wondering what, like, you know, kind of ready to go. So I felt good at that point. Right. Right. So we, they canceled the game right that night. They postponed the game. We go down to the locker room and a couple of young guys are, you know, coach, what time is the game? What time is the game? What time is the game? Blah, 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 blah. And I remember my senior, one of my leaders, like literally looked at everybody. It was just like, doesn't matter. doesn't oh, matter what time of the game. Like, 
whatever it doesn't matter it's like it's like is it tomorrow like yes yeah, it'll be tomorrow and he goes okay and we prepare like it's another saturday simple as that and that literally all that that's all that was said in the locker room that's it yeah that's the thing of beauty yeah it was so it made my job really easy so the next day we did the same similar to you guys we we prepared as if it was any other saturday game right the score was zero zero we were going on the road um I made like, I, and again, we can only do so much. It's not like we're on the road with them and stuff. But I said, wake up and then you know, do everything the same way you do it um, for a Saturday game. Right. So we shoot around, bus left, blah blah blah. Um, and we get there, and thankfully we were able to 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 have that approach and be able to to win that game. But um, it was yeah, the, the following day was two two different teams. You guys were you guys were steady and ready to go. And my my squad was not. It was I I was have had two different teams on my hands from Friday to Saturday for sure. And it's you guys were ready. We struggled the night before. I remember we weren't yeah. we weren't playing well. Um, and yeah, we 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 did play a lot a lot better that um that Saturday. But if I just thought it was interesting to try to because I'm sure you did the same thing, right? You're trying to you're trying to see how your team's going to react to all this stuff all right. this outside stuff that's going on that they have no control over. Um, so it's, 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 uh, it's interesting, but I figured you guys prepared the same way as you always do, but I was interested to see kind of how you, how you approached it. If you did anything differently. Yeah, no, it was, it was, a, that was certainly a weird one. And it was odd for me. You know, you talk about taking the temperature of your team. I've had a couple where I I can tell what's going. Yeah, I can I know the temperature of the team, and I've also had a couple where I I don't. So that's the that's the truth, and it's not good to say as a coach you're supposed to have your finger on the pulse. But I've had a couple where I just don't. I can't tell who I'm getting that day, um, and that that was one of those teams. We won a couple games where we weren't expected to win. And we had lost a couple that were like, like hand on hand, face palm, you know what I mean? So, but that, that team in particular, um, that was one of, that was one of those, those teams. And it was, it was two or it was very quickly. And on the Saturday portion of the game where I knew you could generally tell in the shoot around, but as soon as the ball was put back in play. It was very early in that third that third quarter on Saturday that you could just tell this is different. Yeah, I mean, I had <clears throat> my second year. My team was like that. I just didn't know who was gonna. Like, I didn't know what kind of team was gonna show up. And yeah. if something like that happened to that team, we wouldn't. We would have. We would have not been in the right headspace. I just. I, I just know it. Um, and you guys were young. You were young last year too, though. Like, mm, we were. We were a mixed bag. But I will say this. We had a couple of those sort of those sort of outings, but I thankfully had uh, some senior leadership that was would steer the ship back on because we we did rely on some some youth to play last year, but the senior leadership got things back on back on course. It may have taken a little long, um, but it generally got things back on course, which was definitely good good to see from the seniors. Underclassmen is a double-edged sword, right? Oh yeah. One in one in one aspect of it, you don't know how they're going to react to situations, right? On the other end of that sword, 
they don't know what they don't know. So, so they just go and they just go in blindly to situations and just do right. You get the positive bliss sometimes, and then you get the the timid and afraid youth, you know, and sometimes from the same kid, depending on the situation. It, you definitely it, the pendulum swings seems to swing a lot more with with the younger kids. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think what else what else we prepared for you guys um, going through. You always seem to have a knockdown shooter that we got to worry about run off the line. Um, there was one year where you guys had played. <clears throat> you you guys had played some one two two like three quarter court. Um, not consistently, but a little more consistently. Yeah. Um. So we did that, you know, that year we took some time to prepare, to, to prepare for that. But most of the time, it, obviously, it's just your, your man-to-man stuff. And and being patient defensively is tough against you, especially when you're, when I haven't done a super job of coaching the defensive end, getting kids to be patient defensively when the offense is super patient uh, can be a little difficult too. I think it's hard. I think it's hard for kids to be. And I guess that's one of the upsides of running a methodical offense, right? Is it's hard for kids to be that disciplined for that long. Um, eventually a mistake is going to happen, especially when you add in ball screens and these kids are getting hit. Like I forget what it was. I added it up about how many ball screens one, one defender had to fight through <clears throat> throughout the game. One of our better um, offensive games that I, well, one of our better offensive games that I felt was one of our better ones. And it was something like 45, 50, 55 screens that that a kid had to fight through. And I'm That's just like, lot. man, like if I had to do that, I'd be, I'd be really, really mad. Like yeah. getting hit that many times, like that hurts, man. Like those, it's not easy. It hurts. And, and it's a lot of, it's a lot of work to navigate a ball. screen. <laughs> yeah. It takes a lot of effort to navigate ball screens. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's not easy. Um, Another thing we always had to, and this was maybe not so much last year, but in previous years, you guys switched a lot. Um, so we had to try to navigate your switching defense. Yeah, yeah, we we did that for one or two one or two years. Um, I had a couple of groups that I thought could I thought could get it done. Um, you guys, you guys are interesting too because. Um, Flick for us again, not a super great defensive coach. Don't won't ever claim to be, but the styles of defense that I have coached are generally aggressive uh, in passing lanes, uh, probably too aggressive on the ball, things like that. So you guys are especially difficult in that realm too because you're generally super balanced, super controlled. Um, you don't you don't generally get that unforced turnover and then when you apply pressure you get you know like you don't double down on mistakes so seeing you come into the gym sometimes you know that you maybe aren't going to be able to cause as get as many of those freebies as you want because of the balance and the control and things like that i know we've talked about it before you 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 drill drill that stuff too and it shows but you don't get kids rattled from mountain view when you put the pressure on them 
<laughs> I disagree, I think, but <laughs> fair. But we'll we'll say uh maybe less than less than most. Less than most. You know, there are there are a handful of teams that are really, really good at that. And you're one of them. Well, it's and you guys have <clears throat> you've pressed in the past too. That's something we've had to work on. I mean you guys are, are especially um especially that my first year, that team you had my first year was really good at um imposing the way that you play upon us. Right. And trying and it was it was those those games were fun because it was a battle of styles. Yes. And there were a couple of games where you guys won playing our style of play as well. Right. Um, and I think I think that's in my mind, that's the mark of a really good team, right? If you can win playing multiple styles. Um, but like I said, it's 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 always trying to impose your style of play um on the other team. And I'll tell you what, last year trying to um trying to plan for the big guy that you had. I mean, he was like, especially at your place before the, the lights went out, he was he was killing us. Yeah. I mean, he was burying our post guys underneath the rim, and we had absolutely no no answer for that. Um, so we knew that that was a huge focus. I think, if I remember correctly, we tr- we met a front of him the next day. Um, I, don't, I don't remember. I can't. I can't fully remember either. Um, I'm sure we we maybe. I think we changed something. Um, I hope we changed something. <laughs> so, a, a quick a quick story about um, fronting the post. So, my first year, my big kid was like six two, but he was stocky. Um, mm-hmm. It was actually the the kid you're talking about, his older brother. Um, okay. So he was a stocky kid. He was probably two fifteen, two twenty. He was a stout gentleman. Um, in our district game, we played. Holy Redeemer, I think. And they had a kid who was like six seven, six eight. He was an absolute moose of a human being. Like <laughs> he wasn't like spindly leg kid either, dude. He was a house. So we, we dude, we planned all week. We're gonna front, we're gonna front the post. And you're gonna have to mass on mass. You're gonna have to front the post. Okay. Three possessions in a row, dude. Front the post, front the post. He was so big, the help on the backside was you couldn't do anything. They'd lob it over the top to him and he just kept it above his head and three straight possessions. It was six zero. And I, I was like, well, we're going <laughs> to, we're rolling the ball out there with what we usually do now. Cause that wasn't working. I spent all week planning front the post. This is how we're going to do it. And within the first three possessions, it was like, bang, bang, bang. We're out of that. Have you ever had one of those situations? Um, not that, not specifically like fronting the post. Um, well, where where you take a lot of time, yeah. and this is how we're going to do it, and and you're just not right. It just doesn't work, and you have to vacate or stick it out. I'm sure we have nothing. Nothing comes to mind off the top of my head. Um, I'm almost certain that's happened at some point, though. I mean. I'm sure I had some stupid idea on what we wanted to do (laughs) right away. I'm just like, okay, this is dumb. Let's let's not do this. I blew Um, it. Sorry, guys. Yeah, it's just, uh, well, it's happened mid. Well, I'll say this. Um, Me and uh, and my assistant coach went back and forth a lot last year with pressing. He thought we should press more. 
obviously I didn't think so um, because I didn't think we had a whole lot of depth um, and things like that. So there was, we played, we played the one team in the league who was kind of up and down, super young, um, but had some wins uh, and was really playing some good basketball. But on the films we had, they, they kind of struggled against some pressure. So it was his scout um his game plan is let's press all right okay let's press fine we will press <laughs> um and not that I didn't, I didn't believe in it but it's just i didn't want to press so um we didn't start in it but we go to the, we go to a press a little three-quarter court uh a one two two trap the same press that we played a couple years ago yeah right um so we go to that and I think in the first, we were up by like 10 or maybe like 10 ish, something like that after the first quarter. So then we decided, all right, let's turn it up. Let's press a little bit. Well, they score like three or four baskets right in a row out of our busted press defense. Right. <laughs> I call timeout, get out of it. Just go back to me. In fact, I think, <laughs> I think during the time, I think I called timeout at one point and they are, the guy sat on the bench, like, Can we just play man to man. Yes, you can. Have you ever had that situation? Yes. Yes, I have had that where where kids are like, uh, I would love to go back to where I'm really really comfortable with, and that's been with different zones. Man, I've had that a couple of times. Have you ever um, have you ever asked the ask your guys what they wanted to do, like what I, they wanted to play? I do that a lot, okay. especially with the with the teams that I have a good pulse, like the pulse of the team, <clears throat> um, or or. I'll ask uh, a couple of players who have a really good beat at beat on what's going on. But yeah, I do that a lot and I hear them out. And I also, if I, if I think that, um, I, I'll, I'll talk it through with them. Like I'll let them have their input. Right. I don't know. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but I do that quite a bit. I do it or I have done, I did a lot. Um, well, I did, I played some zone early last year, the exhibition season. Um, and so when I was like switching back and forth and we were in some close games and stuff like that, we'd had some buckets scored on us in, in, uh, in zone and things like that. But, um, I'd call timeout and bring those guys to the bench and ask them, hey, what do you guys want to do? Do you want to like, no, let's just like, let's play man to man. Um, and it's, you, again, you guys try to take the temperature of your team, right? Do they want to play man to man because they just don't want to play zone? Or they want to play man to man because that's what they believe in, um, and that's what they think is going to get it done. And I, it, that's that's the way I felt it. So even when like, and I'm almost certain it was the game where we pressed, or those guys came back, and it was just like, let's we can stop them, man. Like let's just play man to man. We can right? get it done. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like it's what we do best. Let's play man to man. I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> well, in saying that, I uh, that I do that often. It's important for you to know that that's not like what do you guys think we should do? It's never, right, right. it's never that situation. It's like, all right, I really trust what this kid thinks or what these players think. I want to get their input and, and test the water and see where they're at. And I've had both where now coach will write, will write out what we're doing here. It's, it's good. Like they, but they believe in it. Or I've had where they just don't want to do it and they want to go back to the other thing. Yeah. You know, you, know, you get both. I've had, I mean, and I've had points like, so we, we, along with our man to man, like we, we do a lot. We, we have a switching man to man that we've kind of employed in the past. 
Uh, we did quite a bit of it last year. But um, if that's not working and our regular man to man is not working, I'll simply just call him out and be like, well, you guys, you know, these, both of these things aren't working. So you tell me, what do you guys want to play? Right. You like, what do you, what do you want to do? Because clearly you don't want to do either of these two things. <laughs> so and they're the only two things we got. So figure it out. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's really, it's really nice when, when your team buys into, buys into what you're doing and understands what, what you're trying to get done. Even, even at some points when it's not working great, but they get the right. overall, like the, the greater picture. That's awesome. Right. Um, so what am I missing with you guys? What, what, is there anything that you think that I missed in terms of like kind of preparing for you guys or, well, not, not specifically you, but I do, I have wondered in the past, like why more teams don't take, don't take the ball out of our points hands. I've wondered that a lot because you said it in this conversation and it's pretty clear. If you watch any film, that's the goal to get it into his hands and he pushes it up the side. Like that's over the last handful of years. That's been the goal to get it in his hands, push it up the side where, and I've also wondered not so much, but I've wondered like, well, why don't we see more resistance on, on taking those, those sideline passes away? Maybe I have, maybe I have actually seen more of that resistance that I'm realizing um, now that I'm saying it. But mainly taking away the point. I'm not. I don't understand why that doesn't get done against us more often. Because the truth is, that is our main objective: getting the ball up the floor. The ball goes to him, and if you're able to take that away, you're going to throw a wrench in the thing. We're still going to get the ball advanced up the floor, but you're going to change the tempo of the game. Ball's not going to be in the kid's hands who I want it in his hands. It's pretty clear. You know, that's something I'm. I'm interested is how. Whether it's maybe overlooked or if it's difficult to do, I don't really know. But I've wondered that a long time. Uh, <clears throat> I think it is difficult to do. Like whether you're denying the pass to him right from the inbounds or trying to double him and get it out of his hands, but then you're scrambling. Right. Um, and I think in my mind, so this is this is this is my rebuttal, I guess. Like so that's what we want to do, right? We ideally we want the ball to be out of his hands, but in doing so, it makes the game more chaotic, and it makes the game more in at least in in our typical in our styles, it makes the game more suited to you, yeah. because now we're doubling and scrambling, or we're denying, and maybe he gets it in transition. Um, so that's, that's a great why, like, point. Yeah, so that's why, like when we when we played you guys, it was more of a correct, like we wanted to corral him. Okay. And, and and try to just stay between him and the basket. Gotcha. I wasn't so much worried about the pass up the sideline because we did a great job of getting back. Um, but it was a it was I can't let him get full speed downhill, you know, head and shoulders in front of the guy guarding him, and then make a play. So it was more of a corral. But yeah, I think I think it I think in in getting the ball out of his hands, it, it creates in my mind. And, and again, this is my style of or our style of play that we've had. It makes the game way more chaotic and kind of leads to what you want to do. Right. That makes sense. That makes that makes a lot of sense. How about uh, on your end? What is what are some things that maybe I didn't touch on that you're or that you would are sh- surprised that I that we I didn't touch on or that teams don't don't try to do more often? 
besides maybe splitting the floor, you already talked about that, you know, isolating one side of the floor. So there's no reversal. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a huge one. Um, I get surprised a lot that more teams don't screen the backside of our man to man. Um, because we overhelp so much. Um, it's, it, I mean, we get killed on reversal passes, but nobody seems to screen or there's, I will say this, there's very little action on the weak side. And I think that's what allows us to help so much. And you've killed us in the past um, with, with an action where you'll have the, the guy in the corner, you know, come off a double screen or just come to the top or whatever it is. And then that, that vacates that bottom, the defend bottom defender's got to come up and then there's, there's no help side there for the post, and it usually leads to a skip pass. You've you've killed us on on that in the past, um, so that's something that we talk about all the time when we play you guys. But it's yeah, it surprises me that more teams don't screen the backside of our man to man with like flare screens and just just really more movement on the backside. Yeah, that would that would make sense to do for sure. And now that you're saying it, I'm wondering why why I haven't taken more advantage of that (laughs) (laughs) but truth i mean truthfully the my my biggest worry um throughout the entire year is is offensively it's the it's the ball screen it's the reversal um those two things those are the two things that keep me up at night let me ask you this your nightmares your nightmare um matchup is what <laughs> like I can name the... a team. I can name a team, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do so. And you know, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Not, 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 the, <laughs> not that. But specific, um, um, schematically, like what's the one thing that you don't want to see? Or two things that you you really don't want to see because it's the most difficult for you to play against. Offense, um... defense doesn't matter. The most so what's most difficult for us, or what has been most difficult for us to play against, um, from an offensive standpoint, from an offensive standpoint, it is a very aggressive man to man defense. It's, um, it's, it's ton of ball pressure, denying wing passes, and then doubling the ball screen, super aggressive, and then taking away passing lanes. Um, that's the nightmare situation offensively. The nightmare situation for us defensively has been uh, junk defense. We just can't, as a group. Um, and I've tried. I've run. I've run. I've run man stuff against it. I've run zone stuff against it. I've put in quick hitters for it. Um, but when a team goes into a junk defense, it's almost as if, on our side, like we know that they're taking away the best player, the guy that averages 18 points a game. So we know they're going to try to focus on him. And it's almost like the other four guys kind of like clam up like, uh Oh, now I gotta, I gotta get to 15 points now because you know, Jimmy's not going to get 18. Um, so that's kind of been a nightmare for us. Um, defensively. Yeah. The, the junk defenses are, I think tough for a lot of, well, maybe not, but they're definitely difficult for me because I same same as you. I've tried run run the man, run your man stuff against it, run some zone stuff against it. It's just it's just difficult. I guess it's called junk for a reason. You know, it's what it is. But sometimes it's effective. You know what I mean? It, hate- makes, it, it makes the game so chaotic for yeah, you know, 
Um, and again, it's not something that we can practice against cause I don't run it. Right. Um, so it's, it's really hard to, to simulate it. Um, how about you? What's your, what's your nightmare situation? Um, I do not like to see, I do not like to see zones that, um, these things have to coincide, but if I have a team that doesn't shoot the ball particularly well, um, average below average shooting, shooting from the perimeter, seeing a zone is, is rough for the most part. I don't like to see zones and I'm a little, I'll say this. I'm a little shocked that more teams don't play a zone more often. Um, I just don't, I just don't like it. It seems to slow, it slows the pace down. It does all the things that we don't want it to do. It slows the pace down. Uh, it makes, uh, it creates indecision um, within, within our offense. And, and if you multiply that with a team that doesn't necessarily sh- knock it down at a great clip, uh, it's really a, um, a recipe for not so great things. Um, and then <clears throat> for for us, if we see if we see a team that has um, a really one of two things that is great at penetrating and getting to the cup, spreading you out and penetrating to the cup, I don't like to see that. Um, and I don't like to see uh, I don't like to see a, a strong offensive rebounding team. And I think part of that, the offensive rebounding thing, is part of that. I think is because uh, some years we get so ingrained in whether the ball goes in or it doesn't to go that I think some of the emphasis is taken off of the defensive rebounding, and, and that's you know that's definitely something I've got to get a better understanding on. And I but I think that happens at times because we drill the way we drill running is like. If the ball goes in, we're we're turn and go immediately. So right. if you get one of those that bounces around a couple of times, and a kid has made that decision in his mind, it's in, and he turns and goes. You're out of rebounder, even if it's just for a split second. You're out of position. I think that hurts us at times. So I don't like to see that. Yeah, there. I kind of feel uh, a little bit the same way about zones. Um, we don't. We don't. Because again, we don't practice it, so we don't go against it. Right. Um, it's hard for us to to simulate those things, um, and it's hard for us to get great shots against the zone because um, we don't play a lot inside. Right. Um, but I mean, you're right. I mean, the the whole defensive rebounding thing, like to me, that's that's when the that's when transition starts. I mean, you're still on defense until that ball is either grabbed by your outlet guy. Right, or your inbound guy, or that ball is possessed by the rebounder, and then and now we're in transition, and now it's offense. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we're a terrible defensive rebounding team, but it's one of the things where if we know we're going to face an offensive rebounding team, it has to. We have here's here's the other thing too. It's like if we're going to see an offensive rebounding team or a team that's good at it, I ha- we have to take time and, and note that. Like we had, you have to remain on your blockouts. And when you're when you're in help, make sure you find a body, close out on shooters, check them at the line, all these things, and sustain those blockouts and chase and chase down the ball, and re- rebound it at the pinnacle. So all that takes all that takes a little bit of time, and those those easy those easy buckets that we rely on, 
they seem to wane, even yeah. if even if the team doesn't rebound it great. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to uh, it's hard to ingrain in kids. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, there's no science to it, I guess. Or maybe there is. We just don't know it. I'm not that smart. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, before we before we get out of here, um, my my resource for the day. Hold on, timeout. Is Chadwick Hickson at Coach Hickson Dimes on Twitter. Check him out. Post post some uh, good stuff. He's generally like an AAU coach. So I think some I think from time to time it's good to, you know, not get the wander outside of what you do every day. Check in on somebody else's realm a little bit. But uh, he posts some good stuff, so check him out. Sounds pretty sweet. I mean, like you said, it's um AAU is a different perspective. Same mm-hmm. game, different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um than a, the grind of a high school season. Not that AAU seasons aren't a grind too, but it's uh like I said, di- a little different perspective. I, I I like to get different perspectives. Uh, I feel like I I feel like as a basketball coach, we're pretty much st- picking and stealing pieces from everywhere. So the more perspectives I can get on stuff, the better it does me. It's, at, at the very least, it makes me think more. Probably just makes me more confused. It takes me longer to get to my conclusion. But I like to I like to get as many perspectives as I can. That's what I was telling everybody last year. Man, you go into a gym. And- Talk to the coach. How are you guys doing? Oh, just trying to build the best Frankenstein I can build. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> maybe it's it'll work. True. Maybe it won't. <laughs> it probably will be ugly. <laughs> <laughs> but if it works, it works. Yep. Yep. All right, coach. Any uh, anything else for this week? I'm good. If you are, I think so, my man. All right. Cool. Well done. All right. I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, Coach. We'll talk to you later. Peace. (laughs) I like it. Do not leave anything in this locker room when you walk out.